Yellow. Hi. Hi. How are you? Good. This is uh, Thinking Like a Lawyer, by the way. Um, <laughs> we didn't really say that off the top. And I'm Joe Patrice from Above the Law. I'm Catherine Rubino, also from Above the Law. Ooh, nice. I, I'm glad that you're taking an active role in introducing yourself now well, you, instead you of putting it on me all the time. as if you were super ready today. Oh, no. It's I'm a rough not. day for you. It, it's really, um, you it's seem really a been frazzled. Yeah. yeah. No, That's I mean, okay. it is. We're There's gonna, just a lot going on. We're going to go off the seat of our pants here, see how a little improv works for us. Yeah. Well, thank you. <laughs> I feel as though that's a thing that I'm not particularly good at, but we'll... Uh... Really? I, I, I never was one of those people who did the weird improv things. Well, I mean, sure. Like, I'm not saying, like, you know, now you're a tree, but, but you know, you are familiar with the art of conversation, generally speaking. Yeah, I guess. Uh, yeah, no, I, I feel, feel like as that's though, something you think that you're very good at. I feel as though, um, what <laughs> show was it? Life's Too Short or something like that, I think. Uh, one of those shows, there's a scene where- So some super uncomfortable show. Uh, yeah, in the cringe comedy factor, yeah, yeah which is always enjoyable. But uh, For you. I, in that show, Not everyone. In that show, there was a sequence where Liam Neeson was guest starring as himself, and they were like trying to run him through like a comedy improv, and he just refused to- Refused every entry. It was like he's like no to everything. Which is uh, the opposite of what you're supposed to do. Yeah, exactly. To do. And yeah. that that pretty much sums up my improv skills, I think. Um, well, again, I'm not asking you to act, you know, like a tree. I, I'm I just think that you're capable of conversing with me for twenty five ish minutes. Ugh. Well, we'll try. Is it really that much of a <laughs> no, 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 absolutely. Trial? It's always a delight. Uh always a delight to have these little chats. I do not have a gun to his head. I just want that to be perfectly clear. <laughs> Fair enough. So, what's going on today? Everything. Yeah. It yeah. seems like a very busy day. We are coming out of all sorts of stuff. We keep thinking that this whole election aftermath will be over. It, uh, it appears not. not to be. The most recent set of things that have happened are uh, Rudy Giuliani has now joined the ranks of being sued by Dominion for billion dollars. I mean, it seems accurate. Yeah. And listen, you know, I think that... Generally speaking, um, defamation cases are sort of a, a difficult legal strategy. You know, they're designed to be in, in our society. We privilege the right to speak over the rights of businesses or people not to be defamed as a weighing matter. But it seems pretty obvious to me that these were very clear lies that very obviously hurt their business. Yeah, I, I guess the one thing in their defense is it's, I'm no, I don't know how much it's hurt their business because they were so obviously lies. I don't know to what extent anybody's actually canceled an order. I don't uh, but know. it's it, I mean, it was definitely problematic. Yeah. I mean, seriously, if you're some sort of a, a person who's buying these services, and especially if you're in a right-leaning district, why are you going yeah. to go with a contract with Dominion? Maybe people aren't canceling contracts, but I certainly imagine future contracts, especially on the smaller locality level, are inevitably going to be hurt by just because people know the name now. Yeah, that's true. That's right, true. this is not the kind of company you want to know about, right? It's only, <laughs> it's, it's kind of niche enough that only those who are actually purchasing are the ones who really know the players. Yeah, I guess that's fair. It, it, it's Yes, I, I like that analysis. It's the kind of company that, like, its success is when you don't know its name. Yeah, yeah. and it, it's also like, um, 
you know, w- why would any politician have to answer the question from a constituent, why did you go with Dominion yeah. as opposed to anyone else? Yeah. Well, uh, the suit suggests that Giuliani uh, did all of this for money uh, to the extent that he kind of fanned these claims in an effort to get more listeners to his podcast so he could sell all the things that they're advertising and that that's what he did. And so he was just trafficking lies to make money from advertisers. I mean... Which is at this point, I will say, how have law <laughs> per- No. And yeah, I mean, that that's true. I think that we sure. probably... While we love all the listeners that we have, and you should always be talking about this podcast to other folks to get more people listening, we did eschew the whole idea of becoming insane lie machines in order to uh, to get more listeners. And we Correct. are proud of ourselves for that. Pat yourself on the back yeah. for not being a liar. Yeah. So that's that, where we are as like a society. Right. It's like, good job. You haven't lied today. Yeah. So that's why I'm saying everybody, you know, <laughs> it's it's incumbent on you all listeners to help us build our audience base the the honest way. Uh, and so that's why. If you why. like not listening to lies. Yeah, exactly. So that's why we are. Please give us five stars. <laughs> so thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like this is important. We A lot of people, I think, tune out at the end when I'm giving my uh, long explanation of things they should do. Uh, but it's important. And so, and also we often bury some funny stuff in there. So you should always listen to the end anyway. Uh, okay. Yeah. Anyway. But there are other lawsuits out there that are election related that have gotten a bit of traffic. True, but instead, I was actually going to, I actually am now going to read one of the ads, I think. I feel like, yeah, I feel like it's time. Yeah. How have law firms weathered previous economic downturns and come out stronger on the other side? LexisNexis Interaction has released an in-depth global research report confronting the 2020 downturn, lessons learned during previous economic crises. Download your free copy at interaction.com slash like a lawyer to see tips, strategies, plans, and statistics from leaders who have been through this before and how they've reached success again. Uh, yeah, so you're pointing out that there are other lawsuits. Yeah. Paul Davis. I, I am aware of this person. Yeah, a lot of people are now. I imagine he was the former uh, associate general counsel at Goosehead Insurance and also in charge of HR, which is terrifying. And he was fired after he was identified as one of the folks who participated in the siege of the Capitol on January 6th. Yeah, that's a good point. And I think a lot of people have applauded Goosehead Insurance for parting ways with somebody who was publicly involved in such an assault. But that decision also kind of begs another broader question. And Mm -hmm. the next thing we're going to talk about fans that question. Kind of curious why they ever had this guy on staff, because there's some serious questions about judgment involved. uh, (laughs) Indeed, indeed just above and beyond everything else. So uh, I don't know why this person was in charge of HR ever, because this person, uh, in addition to taking part in this right, has now attached his name to a lawsuit, which is ostensibly... Dubious at best, I believe is how it's been described. Latinos Latinos for Trump at all. There's a bunch of uh, plaintiffs versus versus Pete Sessions. Every single politician, everybody in the 117th Congress, every state governor, every state secretary of state, and Mark Zuckerberg. Yes. So the the argument is that the entire government uh, is on... Is um, unhinged un- in some way. No, no, no. It's not unhinged. It's, it's illegitimate right, uh, right, is right. the word I'm looking for. Uh, the, the entire government is illegitimate, and so they should all be removed from office. Uh, and 
that's obviously difficult because then you have no one in charge, but he has a solution for that, which is that we should replace them, he argues, at least temporarily until we can have a new election with more voter suppression. He doesn't call it that. That's what he calls for. And before we have that new election, the country be ruled by stewards in the model of the leaders of Gondor in The Lord of the Rings, but who who led Gondor before That's fiction. Aragorn showed up. Yeah, it is. And it is. Uh, and, it, and, and here's the other thing. Like, stewards as a concept has been used historically. It was regents of sorts, yes. But but he's decided to go with the fiction as his example. True. In, in well, it, the filing. And it also, it, it's also weird because he, he makes a lot of also allusions to, uh, you know, Unlike Great Britain, we like the monarchy, we cast that off. And it's like, but he he's trying to replace this with a form of government that is explicitly attached to the concept of monarchical rule. Stewards and regents exist when the monarch is temporarily We had unable. a legit revolution to get rid of the monarchy. We did. <laughs> I, I read something about that. Yeah, I also passed fourth grade. Right. So this guy... He's he's putting up a storm. Uh, so there have been eight filings in this case already, and it was filed a week ago. Uh, that we, seems like a lot. Yeah, and uh, the defendants have not written any of them. I mean, it's been uh, a while since I've practiced, but that seems absurd. Yeah, so since the complaint, uh, he... So he put in the complaint and seven supplemental filings since then. He, the most recent, uh, as of this recording, is one which he defends his Gondor model. And he complains about the media not being friendly to him for doing that and well, making fun of him. He's lost the plot, so. It, well, I mean, it, it, indeed. And actually, I think, so we wrote, I wrote an article about this, and I feel as though my article, which is not mentioned in his filing, by the way. Were you actually upset by that? I, I was somewhat, <laughs> because I actually he thought- You took it personal. I did. Well, and I also raised very important questions, because- you know, a lot of folks just kind of tossed aside like, oh, he references Gondor. You know, that's that's all well and good. But he's also wrong about a lot of the internal workings of the House of Huron. And you're 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 upset. You're, you're you're upset because he didn't get his his analysis of fiction correct. I mean, I hold people to high standards. Well, I mean, we're, well, sure, we're lawyers. But I, I, I think there's lots of other reasons to be annoyed. I mean, sure, sure. I mean, I get all that, too. Okay. okay. But I mean, you know. <laughs> if you're gonna bring up Lord yeah. of the Rings, you better bring I Lord mean, you've got, well, I mean, does it, did he never, never attempt to, you know, blue book this and like check out, just check out his sites? Well, I don't know <laughs> if, uh, if Westlaw has that option. Be like, you have red flag. <laughs> Yes, the the red flag <laughs> reference when he was, I mean, th this guy. Uh, but anyway, so now he's he's he feels very sad about how people are making fun of him. Uh, in particular, Salon.com, he's mad at. Anyway, but he did, does not address the actual issues as well, I put them. Or, but also, no issues have been raised because there have been no filings by true. the defendants. Uh, he also defends his expert uh, that he has lined up for this case uh Seems which very early yes well it, I, I i feel as though maybe the reason we weren't mentioned and he focused on salon is that salon didn't raise some of the stronger problems with this case uh one of which is they dismiss his expert because his expert has had some brain surgery and apparently has had parts of his brain removed and it was kind of to cast aspersions that the expert may not be mm -hmm. you know functioning and you know that's you know that that that's kind of unfortunate on the other hand, we pointed out that he's 
noted by the Texas courts as a vexatious litigant. Uh, there Which appear seems to be, much more relevant, There actually. appear to be bench warrants out for this guy in various jurisdictions, as, at least as far as my early search has found. I don't know if those have been resolved, uh, but there have been the past, at least, been bench warrants out for him yeah, seems, from other— pretty relevant. —for contempt and so on. So these seem to be reasons not to believe the intricate theory that his expert has come up with. <laughs> right. Um, right. Well, we don't even have to bring his medical history into it at all. Exactly. Um, uh, There's actually documentation. Yeah. So anyway, uh, this suit is a lot of fun. Uh, so this is uh, oh, or or a terrible sign for the future of our country. Sure, but until the until the judge gets around to kicking this, uh, and given the <laughs> and so obviously there's they have several days to the defendants have several days still to respond since this case I mean, is a week who old. Even knows, who even knows who's been served and, and how many what more, manner of pro, right. you know process has happened for, you know, literally every state. But how many more filings are we gonna get before they respond? Ooh, See, over there, under, over under. There have been there have been eight in a week. I feel as though we're gonna get a good six or seven more at least before there's an answer. Uh, that's fantastic. And not answer. Let's be fair. Motion to dismiss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's, fair. there's no need to answer this. Why would you answer? But yeah, so I, I, this is one of those cases that I put my flag up on so I get alerted whenever something gets uh, filed because, I mean, this is just pure gold. I mean, yeah, yeah it is. I mean, this is, this yeah. is why uh, these job. sorts of docketing services exist to keep <laughs> us up to date. Anyway. What? Oh, I thought you are not pointing an, at me. I thought you were going to do an ad read. I was, but oh, I that's, hadn't. That's I, what I was waiting on. But I hadn't worked out the way I was going to bring it. Well, uh, See, well, this is a subtle a, art here. Listen, I had a separate topic of conversation that I was going to bring up, but I didn't want to get started and then have to be interrupted halfway through. I mean, look, so I guess what we need to do is figure out how we organize this. We, we weren't very organized, and there's lots of moving parts uh, here. Uh, we need a way to deal with this. Uh, Maybe we should streamline uh, some of these administrative uh, tasks. Go. And with that, let's hear from our friends at Lexicon. Here's a message just for the attorneys out there. So you passed the bar, joined a firm, or even built your own. Now are you finding out that you're doing more administration than actual law practice? Lexicon can help. Lexicon is a legal services and technology provider with over a decade of experience streamlining administrative tasks like timekeeping, HR, billing, client intake, and more. So you can focus on maximizing billable hours and increasing client satisfaction. Call 855-4-LEXICON or visit lexiconservices.com go to learn more. So anyway, <laughs> good job. You have another topic. Well, okay. It struck me that we were talking about goosehead insurance and, you know, how did this guy who seems to very much have lost the plot actually be in a position of authority in any way? And it reminded me of another attorney who has been in the news post the insurrection, which is McCall Calhoun, who is a Georgia lawyer who was arrested and has been held without bail because of his participation in the insurrection. And one of the things that the judge said in the, in the bail hearing was because the defense said that he should be released and brought up a lot of stuff about, you know, his prior cases because he's a lawyer and he's a solo practitioner and he has all this great reputation in the community, all these connections. And the judge's position was like, maybe that was true six months ago, but he has been radicalized since mm -hmm. then. And his postings on various social media platforms have been incredibly violent. He's actively called for violence and, and murder and, and various things. And so for those reasons, he was held without bail. But it just kind of strike me that, you know, Paul Davis also may have been fine up until the radicalization mm. point. And I think that that's kind of an interesting thing where there's 
oftentimes right, a clear kind of turning point where everything seemed fine, and then there was a moment, and it wasn't. So this is interesting. Let's talk about this, because I think this, this is an interesting discussion. Is mm-hmm. there something about the lawyer mind that makes it more susceptible to this sort of thing? You would think, you think the opposite. You would, but I'm reminded of, uh, and I can't remember off the top of my head what the name of it was, but, you know, Cass Sunstein writes, mm-hmm. you know, on random topics all the time. Uh, it's something that, you know, p- some people dog him for, but, you know, it's it's interesting to apply his brain to uh, different ideas. You know, he wrote a book about Star Wars, for heaven's sake. Like, he does these sorts of things. But he wrote a book a while ago about conspiracy theories mm-hmm. and the the elements that draw people into them. Oh, and I, I wonder if, in particular, these ideas like Q and stuff like that, where there's an intricate lore to it, ways in which it's not just that you believe something crazy, but there's always something to point to as this is evidence that backs up my crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that kind of intricate world is something that, you know, I, I wonder if there's a way in which if you do trip into it as a lawyer, which mm-hmm. I, obviously as a, that's like the prima facie problem that sure. you tripped into it. But once you do trip into it, is it something that compounds upon itself because your brain's it's attempt for to evidence. find evidence yeah. and to attach it together, yeah. you know, creates this fictitious worldview. I mean, your example, like I'm also tracking Lynn Wood's mm. continuing issues. Mm. I mean, Lynn Wood was saying to the New Yorker a week ago that, you know, Trump's going to be reinaugurated. Like it, it's, it's a complete break from the reality on the ground. Yeah, you also wonder if sort of the thinking like, literally thinking like a lawyer uh, that we're kind of taught in law school about taking the devil's advocate kind of position yeah. as if that's sort of a virtue right? helps to indoctrinate people into that into that theory, into that world, saying that, like, well, there's always got to be another answer as opposed to, no, sometimes there are just facts, it's over. Yeah. It's over. <laughs> and, and, uh, and right, I, I think that we... Look, there's there's kind of the difference between kind of a logical argumentative advocate position and kind of the empty sophistry position mm-hmm. that like believes that just taking the other side for the hell of it is a good thing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, I mean, I think you you can see how lawyers with naturally skeptical approaches can fall down a rabbit hole. And then once they're there, if the conspiracy theory is developed enough that they can cite quote-unquote evidence to back everything up, it can become real poison. Mm. And, and Although, you know, in terms of those who have already been arrested um, for the January 6th insurrection, lawyers, as far as we can tell thus far, are not a tremendous percentage. It's not like the military, which right. is a disturbing amount of those that have been arrested. Military and law enforcement uh, yeah. being overrepresented is mm-hmm. not shocking, no, but no, no. Uh, it's, it's certainly not, it's problematic. Not surprise, right. I think that the, that is correct. But, you know, there haven't, there've been a couple of very notable examples of attorneys that were identified, but, you know, we'd be writing about them if we knew about them. <laughs> yeah. It, it's fair to note that lawyers are not a, not a huge chunk of the population. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in some ways, mm-hmm. the n- number of lawyers we have seen suggests that there's at least a normal distribution of them. And I guess if you also consider those who participated in sort of the lead up Mm -hmm. to it, maybe not in the actual violence, but if you think about Ted Cruz, Josh Hawley, Rudy Giuliani, you know, those are all 
attorneys. Yeah. That at least stoked the flames that led to the insurrection. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the query how much these folks are true believers versus, you know, cynical grifters. I think that the senators you mentioned strike me as though they probably know that this isn't real and just did it for their own. I'm not sure. There was just an article over the weekend in the Kansas City Star about Josh Hawley that his uh, Stanford professor and mentor and advisor called himself bamboozled over Josh Hawley's uh, current beliefs. But at the same time, they also went deeper and said that, you know, in high school, he was making some of these representations in college. He was making mm-hmm. some of these representations. He was he was very sympathetic to those who did the Oklahoma City bombing. He, you know, said yeah, that Mark uh, Furman was, uh, shouldn't be labeled a racist. And, you know, like a lot of these kinds of beliefs are longstanding, at least as far as we're able to tell at this point. Yeah, I mean, I'm not suggesting he doesn't, you know, he's not a a right-wing true believer on that front, but like mm-hmm. to the level of thinking that Fidel Castro and Hugo Chavez created fake voting machines. I think that's uh, that's yeah, no, a no, level no. that I don't, I don't know as though he goes to. I agree, but I also think that he knew that making those kinds of statements was going to have a ripple effect. Mm, and he yeah. wanted that ripple effect. He yeah. wanted the even, I don't necessarily know whether or not he wanted some sort of armed insurrection, but I do think that he wanted doubt cast on the Biden administration. He wants to th- be able to say this is illegitimate to a segment of the population. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think that's very I clear. I think that is, that is very clear to me. Yeah. This conversation about the psyche of lawyers and whether or not yeah. it makes us more. I I, I want to go back and re read that Sunstein book because I think mm. like at the time I went through it. This was so many years ago. I I wasn't even thinking about it from this perspective. Yeah, but. and and there were rhetoric specialists who specialize in in the rhetoric of conspiracy theories. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah you know um, that why it attracts certain people and and that kind of stuff. It is very interesting. And I think something, unfortunately, we're going to have to think about and continue to talk about for a long time because I don't think that those who have been kind of sucked into the Q world are going to change very much. Yeah. So that book was 2016. So yeah, it was uh, kind of fortuitously. (laughs) Right on the cusp, yeah. What's the name of the book? Did you find it? Uh, conspiracy theories. Um, yeah, yeah. pretty other, original like, name. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I was just going to say I don't know the title off the top of my head, but I was also going to just get a plug. Um, I know that Paul Johnson from Pitt has a book about right wing populism and mm. how people get sucked into mm-hmm. it. So that's an interesting one that I'll plug. I haven't even read it yet, but I know that he has that book out there. So yeah, it's great. Yeah, plug him. Uh, we like him. So anyway, with all that said. There's literally no logical way to jump from that to contracts. But if you work with contracts and don't use contract tools, you're missing a lot. Save time, make more money, and do a better job for your clients with contract tools by paper software. Contract tools is the most powerful word add-in for working with contracts. Thousands of lawyers all over the world rely on contract tools every day for every kind of deal. Visit papersoftware.com to watch a demo and get a free trial. As a special offer to podcast listeners, use coupon code LTN2020 to get one month free. That's papersoftware.com and LTN2020. Yeah. Yeah. This episode was just marked by me being completely unable to come up with any logical transition. I I feel like I failed myself more. I mean, I'm disappointed in you, too, if that helps. Speaking of failure, and... Yeah, speaking of failure and... Is there and, another Anne and, Reid and about failure coming? I, I'm so confused. No, no, no. <laughs> but I, I thought that the, I was just going to toss around. There's this new report that suggests the uh, 
head of the DOJ civil division had plotted with Trump to overthrow the leadership of the Department of Justice and use that in a way to create a smooth transition to discounting the election. I mean, it's ter- terrifying. You know, I, I know a, a lot of folks on on Twitter or on top of this and whatnot, and and people are saying, you know, we came so close to actually a successful coup. Yeah. Well, so this this one I think is interesting and why I cabinet around the idea of failure is obviously this plot did not succeed. Correct. And it worries me that there's a lot of reports coming out now that this attorney, you know, Jeffrey Clark, who has, you know, been a Kirkland and Ellis partner. He's an active FedSoc leader. Shocking no one. That he's now in his post-Department of Justice world potentially facing some problems in the workforce because he's, it seems as though he might be radioactive because law firms take a dim view of trying to overthrow governments. Mm -hmm. And it struck me that, yeah, we've seen, we've seen a shift, but it's also, as we've seen more firms penalize and distance themselves from folks who did this sort of stuff, it actually makes me more upset about those that they didn't. I mean, Rod Rosenstein, like, actively kidnapped children and gets to move right into big law. Sure. Whereas people who did it now, they, they get a dim view. And I, I worry about that. I feel like that's unfortunate that we have this weird double standard. And then what I worry about the most is I'm not altogether sure that Kirkland and Ellis is upset that this guy tried to do this as much as that he failed. I mean, come on, Jeffrey. Kirkland (laughs) and Ellis is for winners. (laughs) When we set our minds to something, we follow through and we complete the job. Yeah. You're a disgrace to our firm. (laughs) Listen, um... A couple things. I think that, first of all, somebody like Rod Rosenstein has a more complicated history with the Trump administration um, and uh, was kind of seen, uh, especially towards the end of his tenure, as kind of standing against the administration, which kind of makes it more complicated. I agree that his role in in the whole child removal is really problematic and I would not want to work with him or for him in any way. Um, but I do think that that complicates it when on the big law fronts. But I also think that post January 6th, I think is a, is a kind of a, a date that we'll always remember. It's a marking point. Um, and I think that post that, there is a difference from at least corporate America and sort of the the neoliberal neutrality um, and actually seeing that there is a difference between far right ideology and and leftist ideology. And mm-hmm. I think that I think that's kind of been the marking point points. And I think that a lot of the kind of bad PR that places like Lincoln Project are trying to do, trying to call out people who donate to politicians that have done this or somehow otherwise involved. I think that all this has, has is starting to make a change in what we think is acceptable. And listen, what is acceptable is always a constant evolution on every front. And I think that this is an example of one of those ways. And I, I'm here for it. Yeah, I'm here yeah. for it. I'm glad. Yeah. You know, the revolving door as a concept is always problematic. One of the, obviously our, you know, obviously we follow folks like Jeff Hauser who does this work Mm -hmm. uh, in a uh, serious way of like tracking how the revolving door works with politics and and, uh, the private sector. I've always been reticent to completely call out that it's bad that there's any form of revolving door because in some ways I feel like what the only way in which these folks can really be held accountable is to go back to the workforce and find it doesn't want them. Unfortunately, that's not been the case largely. Right. The workforce has just shrugged and let it happen. Well, but also yeah. because, you know, 
even if you don't necessarily agree, that f- person has contacts and who knows will be in charge next cycle. And having somebody who has those contacts is valuable in some way. And, mm-hmm. and you know, obviously I think this is problematic, but I understand the sort of um, logic behind it. Yeah. Anyway, so that was a jam-packed day of random legal election stuff. Someday we're well, going mean, to... it's not random, and they're all still I mean, kind of yeah, election-related. Yeah. Someday we're going to get back to being able to talk about law firms and bar exams in a in a more business sort of way. <laughs> but for now, it's just well, going to be this for a while. Listen, we did, Kirkland I guess, Ellis, Kirkland and Ellis yeah. did come up. And That's I, fair. I am, I am shocked that there appears to be a problem with him going back to big law, and uh, I'm excited. In fairness, Kirkland and Ellis has, as of this recording, not said anything sure, directly. Sure. And but, I doubt um, they will. Yeah. I doubt they will. But well, but I mean, it's just going to be a question of whether he ends up with a job. That's going to be right. how we're going to see whether right. or not they've spoken. I mean, listen, he can always get a job on the right wing talking circuit, right? Yeah, maybe. Uh, it's, well, I mean, I don't know. Like, I've never seen this guy speak. Like, who knows? Like, sure. there's a level of charisma you need to be a talking head, I think. Right? Like, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know. Ben Stein was famous and on TV. He has an anti-charisma, though. <laughs> so, okay, okay. Like that, there is a charisma to being anti-charismatic. Okay. Anyway, okay. whatever. We've rambled for a bit. We want to thank all of our sponsors, Lexicon, Nexus Interaction, and Contract Tools by Paper Software. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. You should be subscribed to the show. You should give it reviews, stars, write some things that shows you're engaged. That's important. Also, as we said earlier, tell more people about it. If you like are in a legal setting and somebody tells a, you know, rambles about, oh, the that Gondor lawsuit is so dumb. You go, oh, you know who talked about that the other day? The always engaging anti-charisma of Joe and Catherine. <laughs> uh, you can also follow us on Twitter. I'm at Joseph Patrice. She's at Catherine One, the numeral one. Uh, you should read Above the Law all the time, of course. You should be listening to The Jabot, which is Catherine's other show about diversity in law firms and law schools. I also am on Legal Tech Week, which is a, we internally call it the Legal Technology Reporter Roundtable, but it's a fun look at how legal tech operates every week. You should also listen to the other offerings of the Legal Talk Network, which are numerous, and I can't mention all of them without this show going on forever. Uh, With that all said, I think we're at an end point. Peace. Nice.